Hello, my name is Kirabuka. I am this year's 2022 Ultra Pole World Champion IPSF, and you are watching Folks Alert on Apple Podcasts. Welcome to the Folks Alert Show. My name is Kiko. My guest today is Kara Buka, world champion, all-around, flexible, gymnast, pole star. Miss Buka, how are you this afternoon? I'm great, Kiko. Thanks so much for having me. How are you? Well, the pleasure's all mine. I am doing good. I'm doing good. I can't, I can't complain. Uh, I see you're sitting there in the studio. It's probably one of the most comfortable places for you. It's my home. It's your home. It's literally <laughs> your home. I am in my home, but it is definitely my home here too. <laughs> wow. Wow. Tell me, uh, how does it feel to be world champion? That'd be my first question. How does it feel to be world champion? Uh, a bit surreal, actually. Um, it was my first time competing IPSF, so I was... A little like unsure going in but uh ultra pole is kind of my baby because i'm a big trickster so i was like this is this is where my shot is <laughs> so okay so you've competed before but this is the first time you've been competing ultra pole yeah okay explain to us because when we did the when we spoke i think but yesterday we spoke was it yesterday? Maybe two days ago. I don't know. Two, day, two days yeah. ago. When we spoke, uh, you, gave, <laughs> you, you gave me an, uh, a crash course on what this ultra pole is. And it's the equivalent to what the Olympics would be, right? People competing from different countries. But ultra pole is not officially, it's not officially an, an Olympic sports yet. But you guys, this organization, bring all the, uh, the countries together the athletes pull you know athletes together and you guys compete so break that down for me for a moment okay so there's multiple parts to that um first uh i competed in ipsf which is the international uh pole and sport federation okay. um art and sport so it's it's basically the big organization that's attempting to make pole dancing an olympics so it is working with the Olympics and kind of building a framework of rules and structure and everything to insert pole into the Olympics when they eventually succeed. It will be very seamless because of IPSF. Gotcha. Um, there's another organization called POSA that is doing a similar thing and it's basically a race to see who gets there first. Um, so. IPSF, where I was just at, um, and POSA both do pole art and pole sport. Uh, IPSF um, includes flying pole, which I also did, ultra pole, and um, aerial hoop. Uh, and I believe POSA does some of the aerial as well, but not as much as IPSF. I've only done 
uh, pole art with POSA thus far, and I'm doing POSA in December. Um, so the big thing with these competitions is they're very much like the Olympics. So there's a whole rule book, there's tricks you have to meet, there's different uh, standards. So I compete at an elite pole dancing standard. So there are certain tricks, there's certain flexibility requirements, certain power dynamics, all these things that are required to achieve, to even place, to even be there. Um, so it's a very structured thing, um, very, very similar to gymnastics in the Olympics. Um, and gymnastics has a lot of different categories. Right, so right. Kind of into like a different apparatus, basically. Um, so I competed this past time in artistic pole, flying pole, and ultra pole. Um, so artistic pole is a more artistic version always two poles one's on static one's on spin right and you tell a story um so my current one is i'm an astronaut who's like in space Correct. <laughs> my current story which is really fun um and then i did flying pole where i'm actually a sailor in a uh, storm and then ultra pole is a different thing altogether because it's basically a battle. It's like, imagine like Battle of the Bands, uh -huh. but like pole. So it's kind of like two people are pitted against each other and they have to out trick each other. So whoever is the biggest badass at the end of the day and has the biggest stamina and throws the biggest tricks wins ultra pole, which is kind of my thing because I'm a huge trickster. Okay, how many, so how many people compete at once how many people are in this competition the competition itself um had i don't even know people total like it was very very large uh from all over the world um ultra pole and like the different so there's a lot of different categories because they break them down via age different um sections uh so like flying pole had its own section ultra pole had its own section. okay so they all are obviously a bit smaller. They're not like hundreds of people, but you have to qualify nationally to get in. So there's already a prereq going in. So that kind of already weeds out the people who are going. Understood. Now, yeah. leading leading up to Ultra Pole, do you, how, well, the question I want to ask is, I'm assuming that it goes by seasons, right? Like there's a certain period in the year that, this competition is going to take place. So how do you train and prepare for that? Do you, is there, do you take a break on the summer or winter time? And you know that summer I have to train for ultra pole. How does this work? How does break that down to me? So there's a competition season for sure. Exactly. Like you say, um, so it, all of the international competitions happen like fall winter. So like it just happened uh, last weekend and it for IPSF and then POSA is happening for me uh, the beginning of December. And then it's this fourth one is just a week after that. Okay. Um, so those are like the international, but you have to qualify for the nationals, which happens uh, in the summertime. So I believe IPSF was like in May and then 
uh, USPSF, which is POSA, it was in the big, it was over Labor Day weekend. All right. Um, so there is, and you have to, like, you're expected to work on these pieces for like the year, basically. Like I basically choose a piece that I'm going to do and then I just improve it. And hopefully by the time it gets to like the international stage, it's like, really good you know and it started out like okay we're figuring out we're figuring out and right. i throw it at a so you tweak you tweak it as you as you go on you know just yeah. refine it a little bit better take me and you get better you add more tricks you know because i'm training because i have coaches from all over the world and they're constantly being like okay well let's try this and let's hone this and okay this could improve it so then like as i add things to my repertoire as i get more flexible as i get stronger i'm like oh i can do this now so i'll insert Thing that was here and i'd be like this is cool let's put it here instead and you know, interesting so i'm changing up my astronaut piece for posa including my astronaut understood prior to getting into this uh, that story is very interesting because pole dancing or pole uh art or you know being a pole athlete was not something you started out that this is what i was going to be Right no. now, tell no. me, tell tell me about that because uh, you could have been at some university somewhere, getting a great salary, uh, being a professor, um, and that whole career path switch for you. Take me back to you're going to school, and you, uh, what did you get a de- well? Tell us what you got a degree in. Okay, um, so there's a little bit of backstory. Um, so I went to grad school for cognitive and behavioral neuroscience, mm-hmm. um, and I was focused on that. And at the same time, I wanted to be a fashion photographer. Mm-hmm. So I went to school in Toronto because I thought that you know I'd be able to shoot in Toronto because there's a decent uh, fashion scene out there as well. And I was shooting in Toronto, but grad school takes up a lot of time. So right. you very busy. Um, so it got to the point where I, I completed my master's and it was like, well, do I continue on or do I pursue art? And I went with a poor starving artist route. Pursuing <laughs> art. And yeah, so I decided to move to New York City to shoot fashion. Um, and I was here for quite a few years before I even got into pole. Um, how, how did that happen for you? Uh, a funny story. <laughs> I was at a fetish event in New York, mm-hmm. um, and they had put up a pole just for like funsies. And I, and I was a gymnast back like as a kid and stuff. So I was like, I can do this. I can do anything. I'm super strong. Right. Um, and I'm actually... Uh, kudos to my father. Uh, I'm a very small person and my whole family is very small. So my father, as a child, forced my brother and I to do chin-ups, like chin-ups every right. night. Mm-hmm. And we had to our age every night before we went to bed. That was like a requirement of life. Um, so I've always had really good upper body strength. So when I jumped onto a pole just randomly at this event, it just came very naturally and I was just like, we, and I was like inverting and doing whatever. And it was chill. I didn't know anything. I had no technique. I knew nothing. I was just bouncing about on it. 
but I fell in love and I was like, okay, I need to actually find a studio and do this. So well, kind of coming from, coming from grad school where you were focused on becoming a, a neuroscientist or a neuroprofessor, pole art is completely different. Kara, that is night, that is night and day. No, no, no. It's not even a little <laughs> bit. That's it's so far. You know, even when you were going to, you know, going to school in Toronto, you didn't. You did you ever went to a strip club? Uh, I've uh, I've been to a few strip clubs. No, yeah. but as when you were in grad school. Uh, not while I was in grad school. I did hit the red light district when I lived in Australia. No. Okay. No. All right. So now you, you, you're not going to go to, you're not going to pursue grads. Well, you got the degree, your master's, but you know, obviously you're not going to use that degree anymore. As you, as you tell me, you put all your, your poll awards, hang it and you hang it on your degree. <laughs> yeah. My, my advisor would cringe. <laughs> it's like all shoved in like some, in a bookcase and all of my bike pole dancing awards are just dangling off of it. <laughs> should send you a photo of that it's pretty funny <laughs> please, please do have you always been an overachiever yeah <laughs> i tell people i do everything 150 percent. because and here's why i asked that question right uh you took up pole dancing pole art later on in life right yeah. and you're good thank you you're you're, you're i mean I, maybe I shouldn't say good. You're great. Thank you. Beyond good. Because you, not only you have the skills, but you have the hardware and the awards to back it up. Did I you, work very hard. Well, yeah. You, I mean, hard. you got a studio in your house. You know? You got a studio very, in your house. This was want, because of COVID. <laughs> because of what? Because of COVID. Because all oh. the studios new york shut down so i'm actually very lucky uh covid opened a lot of uh doors and escalated my training a lot because all the studios shut down in new york so i needed a space to be able to train so i was very fortunate my husband built this he's very talented um and i started reaching out to people internationally to train mm -hmm. with online and i connected with people who were insanely talented and i'm so grateful to train under them because they've severely escalated um, my skill set in ways that i would have never even had access to if i had just restricted myself to people who were physically attainable <laughs> if i well, train everything with no no spots no nothing I, I have actually a mat now but it took me quite a few years to even get a mat and i barely use it so. <laughs> i, I want to talk about your training a little bit because when we talked, you you train with different coaches all around the world. And there's a period of time in the year that you leave. You travel yeah. and actually go to these countries and hang out for a few months, weeks, and train. What is what is that like? Because you're actually getting ready to leave. Tell me about that. Uh, so I actually just came back from, from where? That. So you're... Uh, I travel to Turkey and I try and tag on other training 
experiences. Uh, so the year before I went to Ukraine to meet up with my coach there, and then I went to Turkey. So this video is actually from Turkey, which is this beautiful space south of Antalya, south of Kamir, near the water. And this teacher, coach, incredible athlete, Dmitry Politov, one of the best pole dancers in the world, mm -hmm. um, set up a camp. And you can go out there. Um, anyone can go at this point. Um, he just, the, the stuff he teaches is so unique and so hard and so interesting that it's, it's really quite exciting. He's very flippy. Um, and so I trust him more than pretty much anybody to spot me because he's really good at it. So when it's like really scary stuff that I want to do, you can see him there. He's spotting me in the front of my camera. Um, yeah, so he's, he's the best for kind of teaching his own unique style, uh, which is really elevated and unique and exciting. So I go train with him every year at this point and in 2023 I'm pressuring him to do an, an advanced version of the camp so only the crazy beasts like myself will be going I'm hoping because so, that's really exciting because then you really only are hanging out with other people who are very very elite and then mm -hmm. like just the crazy Activity and the back and forth and the like, oh, we can do this. Okay, we can do this. And then like merging it all together is, it's very exhilarating to like have that energy and, you know, be around so many people who are so, 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 so talented and so strong. And yeah, so I do that every year. And then, I, like I said, I also try and tag on, like trying to connect with some of the other people I train with online. Cool. Um, or people I've made friends with along the way at these camps and events and stuff like that. Like I, cause I train so much online with across the globe. When I go to like these competitions, I meet people sometimes for the first time. Right. Like I met a guy at this last competition for the first time who I've been training with for years, you know, and we were instant like best friends. It was really nice. So the pole community is, is a really beautiful community actually. Yeah. Now, when you, when you go, when you do these trainings, right. Um, People are coming from all over the world, like the elite of all over the world, for maybe to be the best in their country. They're coming, and you all guys get together and train together. Yeah. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. I want to. I want to play. <laughs> I, I want to play a clip from you in that studio where you're at uh, of you training at home. So let me play that clip for you. Okay. We'll come back and we'll, we'll we will talk. Uh, Kara Book. Can I pronounce that? Buka, right? Buka. Buka. Kara Buka. Kara Buka. Let me play this clip. We come back and we talk.
Wonderful. Thank you. Wow. Very impressive. Very impressive. Having the studio in your house is probably a great benefit for you because you can just get up anytime you want and work on a particular trick that you want to work on. Yeah, it's really, really nice also because uh, because I train with people who are mostly overseas. Uh-huh. Um, it's available at all times. So like if I had to like train with somebody you know, at an off time, like it would be much more challenging to book a space and try and figure it out. So yeah, I'm, I'm very, very, very grateful for sure. Pole dancing, this started in the Gold Rush bar, saloon era. And I don't think he would even call pole dance. And I think it was just a pole there for someone to hold on to in the car. In the, you know, I say Western, but it might go a little bit further back. Am I, am I wrong with my, uh, my history? So I've, there's a lot of debate on the history of pole dancing. Um, from my experience and what I've read and looked into, there's kind of multiple angles. Um, there's Chinese pole, mm-hmm. which is actually very similar to kind of what I do. Um, and in a weird way, it's kind of a cross of like the flying pole, except for it's on a more static pole, like the one behind me. Um, and it's a, it's a bit thicker, but it's like the flying pole, it has rubber. Um, and this is more traditionally a male sport uh, but it's very dynamic, very flippy. A lot of the tricks from flying pole have been translated over to the steel pole, like the one behind me, like fongies and these things. A lot of the tumbles, um, the, a lot of the crazy stuff comes from Chinese pole, um, right. which is a very old sport. It's been around for a long time. Um, and then what I've read is that when kind of circus burlesque kind of things started making its way into the U.S. and traveling around the world, um, circus tents had poles. Right, right. right. And they would just be like, well, we need like something in between like this other act and this act over here. So they would have a pretty girl find one of the, the tent poles and she would just kind of dance around it. And that kind of started the origin of a, like a more burlesque kind of like sexy gotcha. like, entrance in. And then it kind of found its way into strip clubs. And then it's kind of gone this like back and forth where it's like, you know, strippers kind of kept it a sexy thing. But then some strippers made it like I know strippers who do crazy tricks on poles and then like, you know. And then it kind of became more of a sport thing as well. And so it's, it really is a very broad spectrum art form, I guess. <laughs> so it's like, there's so many different approaches to it. And I do feel like these days in the US, the like the more classique uh, with heels and dance aspect has really been embraced over the past couple of years. And that seems to be the focus in the U.S. more than like when I go to like Ukraine and Russia and Poland. It's more a gymnastic thing over there. Yeah, it seems to be a bit more gymnastics-y and and you get paid better in other areas. I mean, obviously strippers can do quite well, but 
you know, as like an athlete and an artist, I feel like outside of the U.S., you tend to be a bit more appreciated Understood. Um, in Europe and definitely in Russia. Like it's appreciated as an art form more from what I've observed. All right. So. I want to play your clip from your competition. Um, this is very artsy, but yet very, you know, um, did a lot of tricks. I was very impressed with it. And this is how I found you in the first place. Um, no, I'm lying. I'm lying. Let me back up. I found you off of Emily's page. Who's also and, awesome. Yeah. Emily is good. Emily's really good. Uh, wanted to interview her as well. Then I was looking at Emily page and then I went to your page and I'm like, okay. Then I started scrolling. I was like, wow, you're great. You know, and it, what you do with these tricks, you need you, you need to have. Well, you said you've been doing chin ups when your your father made you do chin ups. So explain the upper body strength because you need a lot of body strength in order to do what you do. You're working every muscle. You're just not working one muscle. You're working every muscle in your body. Uh, let me play this clip here from your championship that you currently hold. We'll come back and we'll talk. Right, Kara Buka. I pronounced it right. Karabuka, yeah. Yes, Karabuka. We'll be right back. What comes to mind when you look at that? 
it's just so much fun. <laughs> I just, I absolutely just love power spins. Like they are so freeing. Like there's like this weird trust that you have to have in your body and the pole when you just like throw yourself at it at full force. Um, Very impressive. You did a, you did a lot of tricks there. Um, <laughs> a lot of flipping. I, I mean, I, when I, when I, the first clip, when I was looking at the first clip, I'm like, Whoa. <laughs> and then, you know, you do all these tricks, you're holding your, you're holding your whole body weight up with your arm. I mean, it's very impressive. I mean, I can't, I can't do any of this, none of this stuff. <laughs> you know? I, I can't do any of this stuff. It takes a lot of training. Well, a lot of training and a, a well, yeah, a lot of training, and you got to be well disciplined as well. You know. I train multiple days a week for hours. Okay. Do you do you have a training schedule? Um, like maybe Monday, Tuesday, and then Thursday you're off. Or, you know, do you have a training schedule? Or you just you just train whenever. No, I have a training schedule. So Monday, I take two different classes with a with two different teachers. One is a private, one is a class. Mm -hmm. uh, Tuesday, I do flex. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, uh, I do flex and or um, train. Uh, depending on who's available, I have different coaches. Um, and then... Uh, Saturday is my one day that I don't, I require, I do not touch a pole. Um, and then Sunday I do Sunday and Wednesday, I do recovery classes and then, which is like a roller kind of thing, which is very important. I highly recommend melt to everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, and then like the recovery is just as important as like the training. Um, and then I train on Sunday most of the day. So I'll do a class and then I'll spend like most of the day training and just kind of getting a lot of in. Yeah. When we, when we spoke, when we spoke uh, a few days ago, you said you, you're very hopeful that this becomes an Olympic sport. And you would like to see more parents encourage their kids to take up pole sports because, you know, the rest of the world, have, that's what they do. They may put their kid into gymnastic pole sports. They take it very serious. United States, no, we might push our kids to maybe basketball, football or soccer or something. Even soccer took a while for parents to, you know, get their kids into Um do you see, tell me about you being hopeful that it becomes an Olympic sport and what do you think more that the sport can do to bring more awareness for parents to encourage their kids to, to be involved? Um, so yeah, we're definitely the two organizations that I spoke of IPSF and POSA are both like working through the paperwork and, checking all the boxes in the bureaucracy and there's a, a lot of that that goes into uh, it becoming an Olympic sport. It also has to be properly recognized in different in all the different countries as a right. sport and this is a big first step. 
So it was actually properly recognized by the first time, I believe, in Russia right before this war, which is very annoying because we're like, yes, progress. And now we're like, mm, only in Russia that nobody. It's a little setback, right? <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was actually, in a way, sadly, a setback. Um, yeah, which is a bit disappointing um, because it's very exciting that it was recognized as a sport because that's a very big first step. Um, because once it's recognized as a sport, then the government can start adding funding, and it's, you know that's part of the whole process. Right. And I think there, like countries like Mexico and Poland and Ukraine, are all like really definitely like pro it and pushing it in the right direction, which is very exciting to see. Um, the U.S. is very puritanical <laughs> about many issues, um, unfortunately. And uh, pole dancing is one of them. So we have a, a lot more head trips. So like you'll see, like when I go to these competitions like IPSF and POSA, there's a lot of kids who are competing and kids are just phenomenal. Like I like to joke that like my goal in life is to be a 10 year old Ukrainian kid. Like, you know, they're flexible, they're contortionist, they're, you know, so strong, they just do everything. It's incredible. Um, but then here, like, we don't put our kids in pole dancing because we think, oh, well, if I put my kid in pole dancing, then they're going to become a stripper. And that's like, <laughs> well, I mean, that is, no, that I, is the, I, well, well, I mean, yeah. well, look at it this way, right? Many of us take our kids to the playground where there's a lot of swings and a lot of, um, monkey bars. Uh, that doesn't segue into the strip club, right? <laughs> So what, what would, it's just a gymnastics. It's just an apparatus, you know? Right. Right. Well, we, we need it. We definitely need to get over that. We definitely need to I get would, over that. I think so. Because at some point we are going to be, it is going to eventually become an Olympic sport. I, I'd be very shocked if it like never became an Olympic sport. I mean, everything else is these days, you know? Right. You can be like skateboarding is uh, uh, like tons of different things are Olympic sports these days. And gymnastics is, I mean, I'm not going to say it's harder than any of these other things, but it, not uh, pole dancing is, it's, it's very much like gymnastics. Like it, there's a lot of technique that goes into it. It's very complicated. It involves being very flexible, very strong, very dynamic, fearless, like there's so many different aspects to it that it's really is very complicated. So I, I would be utterly shocked if it never became an Olympic sport just because it's so qualifies. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's the problem in the US is when it does become an Olympic sport, we're going to be really far behind because let me tell you, the one kid that came with us to IPSF is basically a little girl who is basically Russian <laughs> that just li lives in the U.S. <laughs> she's incredible. She's amazing. And we're grateful to have her, but she's, she's basically Russian. <laughs> uh, Kara, the overachiever, master's degree in for neuroscience, switched that, wanted to be a fashion photographer, did that, found yourself doing pole art, pole sport, got a bunch of awards doing that. 
But also aside from that, you are also a writer and also you publish a magazine. I, I want you and then you somewhat somehow find time to do the nonprofit where you teach kids about dancing. Tell me first, tell me about the magazine, right? And how that came about. Okay. Uh, so I run a, and I founded um, this magazine called Jejun Magazine. It's a socially aware fashion, art, and celebrity magazine um, with the purpose of basically being a platform to get um, humanitarian work out there. So I promote talent that gives back in the world. So the PR companies that I work with needed an adjustment period. It was really beautiful because they were all like, oh, here, here's this amazing talent. I'm like, that's nice. What do they do for, to help humanity? And they're like, what? I've never been asked that question before. So <laughs> they were very confused by me because um, I'd like turn down really big talent because they weren't giving back, you know? So it's really nice. Every person I promote and but out there in the world has been really, really like a great, really nice, kind individual because they're already giving back. They're already doing good things for the world. Um, and to kind of tie it in with pole dancing, actually, it's really cool because I promote a lot of really um, smaller musicians who are all incredible. Um, and then I play their music when I train my pole dancing so that I post my pole dancing videos with their music in the background and i've gotten a few of them into pole dancing wonderful, so. <laughs> wonderful. And i'll like share my videos and stuff and it's like this weird like tie-in kind of connection I don't, I don't even tell them who i am i'm just like oh, i'm just a pole dancer I don't know how to... <laughs> but, but you're way more than that and you do wear more you do a whole lot uh i try uh, you know, I'm trying to figure out, there's only, there's only eight hours in a day, eight hours in a night, but you somehow find the time to, to fit it all into your schedule. I'm very efficient. That's the only way. Cause I require a lot of sleep too, especially when I'm training. Right. <laughs> like die if I don't more than seven hours. I need like seven hours. Otherwise I'm not very functional. You said that you're leaving um, in a few months or a few weeks? I'm going to Italy for Posa in the beginning, the very end of November. Okay. Right and how long would you be gone for? So the goal is, assuming everything happens uh, the way I want it to, I'm going to leave. Uh, you basically have to show up uh, a couple days before the competition because in Europe, so I have to acclimate a bit to the time zone so I'm functional. Right. Um, so I'll be in Italy for about a week and then I'm hoping to bounce out to Egypt to meet up with a friend of mine who I met at one of the pole camps in Turkey and I'm going to try and put on some workshops out there. Okay. Because there isn't a lot of really dynamic movers out there so I figure I'll go out there and teach some power spins and stuff. Some fun. Hang out in Egypt for a week after that, and then Wonderful. I come home and, and hopefully we rest. <laughs> so. Would you? So you'll be back home for Christmas? Probably. We'll see. I might just. I I like warm weather, so there's a chance that if. Like, 
like go somewhere warm. But my father yesterday was like, hey, your brother said that we're coming up to visit you for Christmas. And I was like, really? I didn't know that. So maybe that's happening. We'll I see. Think, I, think, I think it's going to happen. I think, it, I think it's going to happen. <laughs> I, I, I like to meet my family and other, particularly my father and I will meet in other countries. We, we like to travel to third world warm countries together. Gotcha. So. Gotcha. I'm good with that too. Well, Kara, uh, I am, I'm happy that you came on. Um, I'd love to have you back. Possibly when you're in one of these countries, maybe when you're in Italy or Turkey, we can do an interview from there. Um, cool. Get the get the scenery. Maybe while you're doing one of these workshops, I'd love to bring you back to you know okay. get a, get the backdrop of one of those workshops and talk to the, the the people from that area, from that you know um, like community. Yeah, from <laughs> Egypt and get their backstories and you know how they feel about the 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 poll, the art of polling. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Egypt is a uh, yeah. I, there's there's been some scary incidences in Egypt with dancers, so it should be interesting. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to highlight that, you know. Yeah. But aside to that, listen, I am uh, you're very talented, very skillful in this in this art. Uh, I'm happy that I found you, and I would love for you to come back. You know. Well, thank you so much for having me. I I wish you safe travels i know you're leaving the end well you're not leaving right away but you're leaving the end of this month so safe travel i'm sure we'll speak before then and um it was a pleasure thank you so much likewise likewise you take care kara buka i said it right <laughs> pra practice kara buka thank you kara thank you i All really right. appreciate it you take care bye